Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Well, Chris, here we are again in the CNC Podcast Studio. <laughs> Critics are already calling this the next best podcast, Chris. I, so I've heard, yeah. Nobody can take that away from us. No, they can't. Uh, we wanted to get together to talk about the latest on all things arena, both the one potentially in Soto and the one that is going to be officially renovated over there at Key Arena. Where do things stand? I know there was an environmental study. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a big development in terms of the process. Uh, you know, there have been other big developments over the last several months involving the NHL team yeah. that would play there. But in terms of the process with the city, uh, you know, this is something that uh, people have been down this road and they might be familiar with it uh, with Soto, but th- there's an environmental review process where right. uh, the, the ground is analyzed, the soils analyzed, transportation, the impacts of putting a new building somewhere. Uh, this is regulated by law. It's something that you have to do. And uh, this process has been underway with the city of Seattle, uh, with the Department of Construction and Inspections to review what this major project, a new arena at Seattle Center would look like. And, and there were some nuggets that came out of it that I think were interesting. It was a, a more than 600-page document that was uh, released this past week. Now, wait a minute. Before you get in that document, I'm going to break all the rules here. And I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to move this pop filter. It's just, <laughs> oh, and I just hit you in the face. In the face. I we were on TV. Oh, we God. Seen that. Uh, that there was we funny. go. We were, we were popping a lot of peas popping. there. And we got a nice little screen there. So I'm just going to move that out. We can right. edit this right out, but why not? Okay. We'll, we'll do that in post. So you were saying an, a fun 600-page <laughs> document? Over 600-page document yeah. uh, that I had a chance to read through. There were some things that kind of bubbled to the surface in my mind. One of, one of them, uh, and, and we kind of had fun with it in the story that's on king5.com, talking about the Wooner. That's the worst name I ever heard. On Thomas Street. Uh, that would be on the south side of this new building. By the way, 750,000 square feet they're now talking about Ooh. in this uh, EIS, which is more than double the size of the current key arena. With Seattle real estate prices? Ooh. Yeah, well, uh, this is all on city land. Okay. But the, right. the Woonerf, the, the, the Woonerf, the, the, the weird name. Easy for uh, you to say. Yeah, uh, that would be, uh, that's a concept that I need to say, again, is not part of the, the primary concept for Oakview Group. This is uh, something that is a secondary or alternative concept. But to I allow... thought Woonerf was going to be the new mascot for the hockey team. <laughs> that's not, no? The Seattle uh, Woonerfs. Uh-huh. Uh, no, this is the... The one-block stretch, and, and yes, people immediately started talking about, oh, street vacation. No, it's not a street vacation. One-block stretch on the south side of Seattle Center. Uh, again, an alternative concept to open that up uh, only for pedestrian and bicycle use, uh, a tree-lined boulevard before games. Okay. Uh, that, that is something that uh, you know is not uncommon. People think that that uh, is weird. There are woonerfs right. in Seattle already, uh, and, and this would be a way to compliment people walking in uh, to the stadium, and this is the the stretch on the south side that is butted up against the Pacific Science Center. So it's not really a a major road. A lot of people use it to perhaps get into the parking garage that already exists there. But that was one of the things 
uh, that came up. Uh, a lot of people dwelled on the transportation issues, and with good reason. It's been yeah. it's been the issue that everybody wants to talk about with any sort of major redevelopment. And and I think uh, it, you know it's been it, it's been interesting because there's some good and some bad there uh, in, in this analysis. And I, I think uh, uh, some people have latched onto the the bad of it that. Uh, it shows traffic will be bad. Uh, it's going to be bad now. A new, a new report. It's going to be bad. Seattle traffic. It's going to be bad in the future. I mean, that is yeah. that is the bullet point out of that. Uh, especially eastbound traffic in the five thirty to six thirty block before a game. It's it would be worse. And, and I think that anybody who claims otherwise, you know, would be full of hot air. Well, I remember Tim Lewicki early on from the Oakview Group yeah. saying uh, essentially, you know, look this. Seattle traffic, this isn't a key arena problem. This is a Seattle problem. I, and, and what people are taking issues with in this report is that, it, you know, there's talk. It'll only take, you know, another 10 to 12 minutes to go eastbound. Uh, I think that can be picked apart. And I also uh, say, I would say about that report that that we don't know the impacts of the, the new tunnel and right. uh, the, the roads that are going to be reconnected. It's all guesswork at this point. But I, I think on the good side, uh, one thing that I have seen personally, and, and it's, I, I don't think it's BS that it, this came out in the report, but that traffic westbound, meaning towards Seattle Center, uh, is not as bad as people think. Once you get off the freeway and you're Once you get off the freeway Seattle at 530 Center. at night, you can get to Seattle Center. Uh, I have driven that route personally several times going westbound towards the center. Recently? And, Recently, because I is all, honestly am like many people, I avoid that area at all costs. With, with, I've done it multiple times to get to Seattle Center in that hour, uh, just for my own personal reasons, and uh, it is not that bad. It is, it is bad eastbound. It is bad for people trying to get to I five. I will say I on was, De- on Denny or on Mercer, it is bad. I was just doing some work there, uh, TV for King Five, and we were leaving. Seattle Center. We were at KEXP, which is a radio station on mm-hmm. campus there on the greater Seattle Center area. So exactly where we're talking about, but right. up against the arena. Uh, we wrapped up taping right about 5 o'clock, so by 5.10-ish I was in the car. And to get from the key, essentially, to King 5, where we are here in Soto, which is, you know, <laughs> should be a maybe 10-minute drive. It was an hour. It was a full hour just yeah. to get here. I, I, I think it depends on the way you're going. Yeah. And, and yes, that is bad. Uh, I, I have left King 5 to get to Seattle Center in the 5.30 to 6 o'clock hour, and I can get there in 10 to 15 minutes uh, up Highway 99. And granted, this is all going to change right. uh, by the end of the year. But up uh, Highway 99, getting off at Dexter, taking a left on Mercer, it is free-flowing, and, and I think that part of – the analysis that came out of this environmental review is on the level. Okay. Uh, there are going to be questions, uh, and I think people will continue to raise those questions just about the accuracy of the numbers uh, the other way. But, uh, yeah, it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, make any bones about it. Traffic's going to be bad. The question is this $40 million fund that Oakview has created to help try and ease some of that congestion, where is that going to go? How is it going to be used? Is it going to be used for traffic sensors? How do you incorporate ride share? That's all the stuff that needs to really get worked out here within the next few months. At uh, some point, they're going to have to consider some crazy ideas, you know, like Disneyland people movers. You know, we've got a big <laughs> parking lot over here on the east side. Everybody park on Mercer Island, and then we'll just shuttle you in. Right. And, and, and again, I, I would say that 
anybody who thinks they know what traffic is going to be like in Seattle right. in the next three years, two to three years, is is full of hot air. I don't care if it's SDOT, WashDOT, uh, somebody who is living in South Lake Union, somebody who's living in Soto. Uh, there, there are way too many variables, way too many projects. And with uh, the tunnel going away, with tolling, with people who are going to avoid tolling naturally because of human nature, with people right. that are using the new through streets. Uh, it, there, there are way too many variables that I think it's tough to predict what the traffic is going to be like. But the, the one thing I would say that I have seen personally is that that westbound traffic going towards Seattle Center is a lot better than people think uh, during that hour, and that's what that report backs up. The other thing I wanted to mention yeah. out of the EIS is uh, the demolition and construction project uh, or, or process and the timeline for that? Kind of keeps getting bumped, right? Well, Into it's not fall? it's not getting bumped, uh, but the the suggestion in the EIS is Oakview wants to begin demolition in October, right? And that would be a a, a two month process to demolish the current key arena, preserving the roof, but the demolition would take two months, and then two years to complete. So now we're looking at October 2020, which lines up with the NHL franchise that right. uh, likely would be playing there, uh, but that there is going to be some some heavy work and pounding uh, that's going to affect KEXP. That was specifically mentioned. Which, again, is a radio station. Yes, a radio station. Which is now so conveniently I, I, located on the outskirts of Seattle I, Center. I am curious how that's going to play if uh, there's the jackhammers and the pounding. They're still spinning uh, vinyl over yeah. there, so I can see that being a bit of a problem. But it, it specifically mentioned KEXP. Uh, would be impacted by the noise, and there's going to be noise, and there's a question. You know, one of the things laid out is the primary plan, the alternative plan. If you're going to allow construction throughout 24 hours a day, if you're going to allow construction only during daylight hours, those are the things that need to get worked out before a master use permit is issued to Oakview to begin the demolition. Now, back when you and I started this podcast, we were talking about a lot of what-ifs, a lot of hypotheticals, the proposals from the uh, Soto Group, mm-hmm. Oakview, they were both going back at it. Flash forward to where we are now. We know Key Arena, that it's just a, a timeline that's slowly but surely coming. They are going to renovate. NHL kind of stole the headlines. That got everybody excited and surprised a lot of people to see the passion of what's happening around here. Meanwhile, floating around the outskirts, all the Sonics fans still wondering, hey, what about us? What about the Sonics? And I know there have been references from uh, the Oakview group, from the mayor, but that is certainly a second or third tier footnote to what's currently happening. So like a lot of people, I've been wondering about the Soto Group, Chris Hansen, Russell Wilson was a part of that. We, we hear Still almost is, nothing. Yeah. And about yeah. a week ago, uh, a few days ago, actually, I see here on sonicsarena.com, they have posted an update. So for those of you worried and wondering what's going on, uh, they're still at it. In fact, just the first paragraph here, it says, just over a year ago, we submitted a revised application for a conditional street vacation of one block section of Occidental Avenue South in Soto, where we hope to build a state-of-the-art arena for the Sonics. A lot has happened since then, so we wanted to update everyone on where things stand. I won't read the whole thing, uh, but I encourage you to do it if, if you care about that and in, in what's happening in Soto, sonicsarena.com. Um, they basically are right back to where they started and saying, hey, we've addressed all the concerns. In 2016, when the council said, uh-uh, we're not going to give you that street vacation, they've addressed all of that. They lay it out here re- real easy to follow along. You don't have to, to dive into documents. They talk about everything from uh, uh, private financing, zero risk for the city, improved freight mobility, all of these things, public benefits. Uh, so it's all right there. So I was personally kind of excited to say, to see that they are still committed, that Chris Hansen and company are still saying, 
no, 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 we're, we're still focused on the Sonics and getting the Sonics here, and we do believe we could have two arenas. Well, it, they've got 125 million reasons to, to keep yeah. moving forward with all that, that land that's there. Yep. Uh, it, it's my understanding they're, they're still moving forward on that street vacation application that the SDOT uh, could, could stress, take, uh, take that to the city council. Uh-huh. There's a, uh, another question of whether there's an appetite to listen to that right now on the city council. Um, the, the mayor has walked a very fine line, Jenny yeah. Durkin, uh, about, you know, the, the, the key arena project or the project at Seattle center. And that doesn't preclude another arena in Seattle. She's walked a, a very fine line. I, I just, I'm not sure what the appetite is for a street vacation application, uh, especially because there's not a team attached to it. Now think about it when we were talking about this in 2012, 2013, right. There was a team attached to it, uh, and and famously or infamously, depending on how you look at it, uh, Sally Bagshaw backed the project then, then didn't back the project later because there right. was no team attached. Now with this group at Oakview, there is a team attached. So when you look at the, the timing and the strategy as far as Oakview is concerned, they're saying they believe there's going to be some sort of preliminary ruling on the expansion franchise in June – Final word in September, if you have a preliminary ruling in June, that helps push the, the puck further forward to keep the pressure on the city. Nice to keep tie the, in. Yeah, you like how Good I did that? Tie in. Uh, keep the pressure going on the city to uh, keep the environmental review going, mm-hmm. to cross all the T's, dot the I's, get final transaction documents, because there is a team involved that's right. saying, and a league saying they want to play there if you finish this arena project. It's, it's similar in some ways to what happened back in 2012, and that's what the Hanson Group does not have right now. They don't have a, a league, the NBA, saying, hey, if you do this, we will, we will come. If you, if you allow this street vacation to happen, we will come. They're not saying that right now. Right. And, and it becomes tougher, the, the idea that the, the NBA would say that at any point in time if there's no place for a, a team to play temporarily because Key Arena is getting torn up. So right. that, that, that also is, has not been discussed a whole lot in this is, okay, so say, uh, you know, name your team wants to, to move to Seattle. Right. Th- there's no temporary venue to, to play sure. in. Um, and, and so that, that but, that's but why on, it becomes tough. On behalf of, of Sonics fans who are yelling at their phone or their earbuds right now saying, that's the same thing with the hockey team. It's kind of true. I mean, that's usually not the way it works. You've got to prove that you've got the venue, the funding, all that happening. Then you get a team. It seems like there's there's this weird breakdown between the hockey situation and the basketball situation that they expect Chris Hansen and company to materialize a team and say, they're ready, they're just waiting. We got the shovels. Just give us the go-ahead and we'll start. So, uh, you know, it just seems like a, a strange stalemate situation. Uh, and meanwhile, you saw in the last week a former Sonic great suddenly surfaced and posted an article, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp uh, said how he he feels that Seattle's a great city. I, I'm just summarizing. People what, forget what he that he wrote. still lives here. Yes, he, he he still lives in the area, and and he uh, talked about how how great Seattle is and, yeah. and and the growth. And again, I'm summarizing, but the one thing he misses is the Sonics. That something doesn't feel right, and it's the Sonics. Well, how bizarre for your your fame, your name, your identity to be attached to something that no longer exists in the city that you are now retired in. It, it, it is extremely strange. He does business here. He's owned various restaurants. 
and uh, he's always been good to you. He challenged yeah. you in the Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, yeah. And he's been good enough to me to, to participate in some silly skits and funny parodies I've done over the yeah. years. So, uh, you know, he's a guy who takes this very personally, and I've, frankly, I've almost been uncomfortable to reach out to him during yeah. all of this because I would imagine it would be very, very strange for, you know, the heart and soul of who you became to not exist in the city that you're now living in. Well, you know what's strange to think about is we're we're nearing an anniversary, July 2nd, 2008, the day the city settled with Clay Bennett. It's been almost, it's getting very close to exactly 10 years since the Sonics left. We just passed the anniversary of their last game yes. at the Key. You saw and, that surfacing online. How painful was that to look at? And, and to think that there is a whole uh, group of people, thousands of people that have moved to this town in the last... Ten years who have no concept of what the Sonics are. It, it, it's why if you see a week when, when you see somebody wearing a Seattle SuperSonics T-shirt, you know they're a yeah. longtime resident. It's almost yeah. like you're wearing that as a badge of honor that you're from Seattle and and preceded the the fact that the Sonics. It's not left. a Portland it's, thing. It's not. We're not wearing it to be ironic. Yeah. Those are people who are still very much proud of the Sonics and are just waiting for something to finally come back. It's crazy that there are. Ten-year-old kids, my daughter, who has no idea what this is yeah. about. She knows that I love it. She sees my shirt. She sees the warm-ups I have, references I'll make to the likes of Sean Kemp. But uh, here we are, all this time later. Daddy, nothing. Daddy, who are the Sonics? Ugh. Hey. So what happens next, Chris? Well, uh, on, on Monday the 30th, 1030, the Seattle City Council will be discussing this again, reviewing the environmental review and... And talking about the next steps, uh, but but all indications are right now that that this is on track, uh, that a master use permit will be issued right around the same time the the National Hockey League issues an expansion franchise, and uh, in October of this year uh, that both those things will have lined up, and you could have a, a team on the way in a new building by 2020. As always, you can reach out to us. We do have the Next Best Podcast comment line. You want to leave us a voicemail? We might just include it in the show. It could be your opinion on what's happening at Key or maybe the fact that you want Soto to kind of get things rolling again. What do you think? Let us know. 206-448-3600. You just leave us a voicemail, and you just might be a part of the Next Best Podcast. On Twitter and Instagram, at Next Best Pod, this is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.